Chapter 45 of A Short History of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Allison Hester of Athens, Georgia. A Short History of the United States by Edward Channing. Chapter 45 The Spanish War, 1898. 472 the cuban rebellion 1894 to 98 the cubans laid down their arms in 1877 because they relied on the promises of better government made by the spaniards but these promises were never carried out year after year the cuban people bore with their oppression but at last their patience was worn out in 1894 they again rebelled the spaniards sent over an army to subdue them soon tales of cruelty on the part of the spaniards reached the united states finally the spanish governor general wyler adopted the cruel measure of driving the old men the women and the children from the country villages and huddling them together in the seaboard towns without money without food with scant shelter these poor people endured every hardship they died by thousands the american people sent relief but little could be done to help them the cubans also fitted out expeditions in american ports to carry arms and supplies to the rebels the government did everything in its power to stop these expeditions but the coastline of the united states is so long that it was impossible to stop them all especially as large numbers of the american people heartily sympathized with the cubans constant disputes with spain over the cuban question naturally came up and gave rise to irritation in the united states and in spain 473 the declaration of war 1898 on january 5 1898 the american battleship maine anchored in havana harbor on february 15th she was destroyed by an explosion and sank with 253 of her crew a most competent court of inquiry was appointed it reported that the maine had been blown up from the outside the report of the court of inquiry was communicated to the spanish government in the hope that some kind of apology and reparation might be made but all the spanish government did was to propose that the matter should be referred to arbitration the condition of the cubans was now dreadful several senators and representatives visited cuba they reported that the condition of the cubans was shocking the president laid the whole matter before congress for its determination on april nineteenth eighteen ninety eight congress recognized the independence of the cuban people and demanded the withdrawal of the spaniards from the island congress also authorized the president to compel spain's withdrawal and stated that the united states did not intend to annex cuba but to leave the government of the island to its inhabitants before these terms could be formally laid before the spanish government it ordered the american minister to leave spain 474 the destruction of the spanish pacific fleet admiral dewey commanding the american squadron on the asiatic station had concentrated all his vessels at hong kong in the belief that war was at hand of course he could not stay at hong kong after the declaration of war the only thing he could do was to destroy the spanish fleet and use spanish ports as a naval base the spanish fleet was in manila bay thither sailed dewey in the darkness of the early morning of may first dewey passed the spanish forts at the entrance of the bay 
The fleet was at an anchor near the naval arsenal, a few miles from the city of Manila. As soon as it was light, Dewey opened fire on the Spaniards. Soon, one Spanish ship caught fire, then another, and another. Dewey drew out of range for a time while his men rested and ate their breakfasts. He then steamed again and completed the destruction of the enemy's fleet. Not an American ship was seriously injured. Not one American sailor was killed. This victory gave the Americans the control of the Pacific Ocean and the Asiatic waters, as far as Spain was concerned. It relieved the Pacific seacoast of the United States of all fear of attack. It made it possible to send soldiers and supplies to Manila without fear of attack while on the way. And it was necessary to send soldiers because Dewey, while he was supreme on the water and could easily compel the surrender of Manila, could not properly police the town after its capture. 475. The Atlantic Seacoast and the Blockade no sooner did war seem probable than the people on the Atlantic seacoast were seized with an unreasoning fear of the Spanish fleets, for the Spaniards had a few new fast ships. The mouths of the principal harbors were blocked with mines and torpedoes. The government bought merchant vessels of all kinds and established a patrol along the coast. It also blockaded the more important Cuban seaports, but the Cuban coast was so long that it was impossible to blockade at all. As it was, great suffering was inflicted on the principal Spanish armies in Cuba. 476. The Atlantic Fleets Before long, a Spanish fleet of four new, fast-armored cruisers and three large seagoing torpedo boat destroyers appeared in the West Indies. The Spanish admiral did not seem to know exactly where to go, but after sailing around the Caribbean Sea for a time, he anchored in Santiago Harbor on the southern coast of Cuba. In the American Navy, there were only two fast armored cruisers, the New York and the Brooklyn. These, with five battleships, the Oregon, Iowa, Indiana, Massachusetts, and Texas, and a number of smaller vessels were placed under the command of Admiral Sampson and sent to Santiago. Another fleet of seagoing monitors and unarmored cruisers maintained the Cuban blockade. 477. The Oregon's Great Voyage When the Maine was destroyed, the Oregon was at Puget Sound on the northwest coast. She was at once ordered to sail to the Atlantic coast at her utmost speed. Steadily, the great battleship sped southward along the Pacific coast of North America, Central America, and South America. She passed through Magellan Strait and made her way up the eastern coast of South America. As she approached the West Indies, it was feared that she might meet the whole Spanish fleet, but she never sighted them. She reached Florida in splendid condition and at once joined Sampson's squadron. 478. The Blockade of the Spanish Fleet Santiago Harbor seemed to have been designed as a place of refuge for a hard-pressed fleet. Its narrow, winding entrance was guarded by huge mountains, strongly fortified. The channel between these mountains was filled with mines and torpedoes. The American fleet could not go in. The Spanish fleet must not be allowed to come out unseen. Lieutenant Hobson was ordered to take the collier, Merrimack, into the narrow entrance and sink her across the channel at the narrowest part. He made the most careful preparations, but the Merrimack was disabled and drifted by the narrowest part of the channel before she sank. 
the spanish admiral was so impressed by the heroism of this attempt that he sent a boat off to the american squadron to assure them that hobson and his six brave companions were safe 479 destruction of the spanish fleet as the american vessels could not enter santiago harbor to sink the spanish ships at their anchors it became necessary to send an army to santiago but the spaniards did not wait for the soldiers to capture the city on sunday morning july third the spanish fleet suddenly appeared steaming out of the harbor the massachusetts was away at the time getting a supply of coal and the new york was steaming away to take admiral sampson to a conference with general shafter but there were enough vessels left on came the spaniards the american ships rushed towards them the spaniards turned westward and tried to escape along the coast soon one of them was set on fire by the american shells she was run on shore to prevent her sinking then another followed her and then a third the torpedo boat destroyers were sunk off the entrance to the harbor but one ship now remained afloat speedily she too was overtaken and surrendered in a few hours the whole spanish fleet was destroyed hundreds of spanish seamen were killed wounded or drowned and sixteen hundred spanish sailors captured the american loss was one man killed and two wounded the american ships were practically ready to destroy another spanish fleet had one been within reach at manila bay and off santiago the american fleets were superior to the enemy's fleets but the astounding results of their actions were due mainly to the splendid manner in which the american ships had been cared for and above all to the magnificent training and courage of the men behind the guns years of peace had not in any way dimmed the splendid qualities of the american sea fighters 480 the american army meantime the american soldiers on shore at santiago were doing their work under great discouragement but with a valor and stubbornness that will always compel admiration while the navy was silently and efficiently increased to be a well-ordered force the army was not so well managed at first soldiers there were in plenty from all parts of the union from the south and from the north from the west and from the east from the cattle ranches of the plains and the classrooms of the great universities patriots offered their lives at their country's call but there was great lack of order in the management of the army sickness broke out among the soldiers volunteer regiments were supplied with old-fashioned rifles it seemed to be difficult to move one regiment from one place to another without dire confusion when the spanish fleet was shut up in santiago harbor a force of fifteen thousand soldiers under general shafter was sent to capture santiago itself and make the harbor unsafe for the ships 481 the santiago expedition on june twenty second and twenty third the expedition landed not far to the east of the entrance to santiago harbor steep and high mountains guard this part of the coast but no attempt was made to prevent the landing of the americans dismounted cavalrymen of the regular army and roosevelt's rough riders also on foot at once pushed on toward santiago at laguasimas the spaniards tried to stop them but the regulars and the rough riders drove them away and the army pushed on by july twenty eighth it had reached a point within a few miles of the city the Spaniards occupied two very strong positions at San Juan and Canae. On July 1st, they were driven from them, 
The regulars and the volunteers showed the greatest courage and heroism. They crossed long open spaces in the face of a terrible fire from the Spaniards, who were armed with modern rifles. The rains now set in, and the sufferings of the troops became terrible. On July 3rd, the Spanish fleet sailed out of the harbor to meet its doom from the guns of the American warships. Reinforcements were sent to Shafter, and heavy guns were dragged over the mountain roads and placed in positions commanding the enemy's lines. The Spaniards surrendered, and on July 17th, the Americans entered the captured city. 482. The Puerto Rico Campaign the only other important colony still remaining to Spain in America was Puerto Rico. General Nelson A. Miles led a strong force to its conquest. Instead of landing on the northern coast near San Juan, the only strongly fortified position on the seacoast, General Miles landed his men on the southern coast near Ponta. The inhabitants received the Americans with the heartiest welcome. This was on August 1st. The American army then set out to cross the island, but before they had gone very far, news came of the ending of the hostilities. 483. Fall of Manila When the news of Dewey's victory reached the United States, soldiers were sent to his aid. But this took time, for it was a very long way from San Francisco to the Philippines, and vessels suited for transports were not easily procured on the Pacific coast. General Wesley Merritt was given command of the land forces. Meantime, for months, Dewey, with his fleet, blockaded Manila from the water side, while Philippine insurgents blockaded it from the land side. Foreign vessels, especially German vessels, jealously watched the operations of the American fleet and severely taxed Dewey's patience. On August 17th, Merritt felt strong enough to attack the city. It was at once surrendered to him. 484. End of the War The destruction of the Spanish Atlantic Fleet and the fall of Santiago convinced the Spaniards that further resistance was useless, so it was agreed that the fighting should be stopped. This was in July, 1898, but the actual Treaty of Peace was not made until the following December. The conditions were that Spain should abandon Cuba, should cede to the United States, Puerto Rico, the Philippines, and some smaller islands, and should receive from the United States $20 million. For many years, American missionaries, merchants, and planters had been interested in the Hawaiian Islands. The war showed the importance of these islands to the United States as a military and naval station, and they were annexed. 485. Prosperity the years 1898 to 1900 have been a period of unbounded prosperity for the American people. Foreign trade has increased enormously, and the manufacturers of the United States are finding a ready market in other countries. A rebellion has been going on in the Philippines, but it seems to be slowly dying out. February 1900. End of chapter 45.